Good morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I, I thank God for rain. Amen. Yeah. Get a little rain. We get a little flowers. My garden going to grow. All of the good things that God makes happen. Hallelujah. They're declaring it's inclement weather. I just believe it's just weather. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm glad because the Lord has allowed us the opportunity to gather together again. I greet those who are with us via social media platforms. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, I wanted to preface what I'm going to talk about today, uh, which has been increased, and I believe it's because we're in a season of increase. However, uh, something has, uh, this morning I was just kind of meditating and it was brought to my attention. The Bible speaks of Elijah, and he said he was a man, in the book of James, declared that he was a man with like passions as we are. What is interesting when you're reading that is the context is Elijah prayed that it would not rain and it didn't rain for the space of three and a half years. What was really interesting about that is the Bible says it was at Elijah's word. It wasn't that God said it won't rain. It's that Elijah said it won't rain. But when he said when it came time for it to rain again. When he wanted rain, he spoke that it would rain, but he had to pray. Some things you'll be able to speak about, and they'll take place. Some other things you're going to speak about them, but you're going to have to pray them into action. So you need to find out where you're at. Some things you're going to declare and it's going to come to pass. Other things you're going to declare, and it ain't that it's not God. You're going to just have to pray about it. Pray it in action. Oh, that should be helping somebody right there. That should be helping somebody right there. No charge. Absolutely no charge. <laughs> I'm just learning some things myself on what God is saying and what he wants to do. So I just want you to know, in light of that, I'm speaking increase. And I'm going to pray it in. Oh, I'm serious. I believe that is, our, that is our season as the body of Christ it is the time for increase. But we have to, well, I'm going to get into this a little bit. We have to understand some things, you all. God wants to do something in the earth, and you are part of what he wants to do. Stop divorcing ourselves from what God's doing. You are not a small part of God's plan. Amen. You are an intricate piece that cannot be duplicated. And I believe he wants to use us in the earth. So we need to increase. I got to increase, do what God wants me to do. Got to. What do you mean? What, what, what about your influence? It needs to increase. Yes. The Bible says that Jesus himself increased with, uh, in favor with God and with man. Yes. Some of us, we need to increase in our favor with men. Yes. God need to give you favor in other areas with men. Yes. Increase in your favor with God. Yes. Things that you could do that other people can't do because you're favored by God. Yes. That's increase. I'm just, 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 just talking a little bit here, so you know. 
want us to understand the need for increase. Because, see, sometimes we won't do something because we don't see its need. We don't see a purpose for it. Boy, I, I tell you, uh, I, I, I won't, uh, let, let me pray and we'll go ahead and get started then. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I am standing completely, totally dependent on you. Lord, there are ears that are listening today that would hear a word, Lord, that would change their lives. And God, it's not my word, it's your word. May that word be sown in their hearts and may their hearts be good soil that would bring forth fruit that would glorify you in Christ's name. Amen. I am learning that God will show you what, but not necessarily why at the same time. This is a journey. This, this is not, um, and, and I think that's what some people misunderstand, is the journey. Look at all we have been through as a people and the things that we've gone through. And I want you to go back and think about what God showed you. Those of you all that are married, God may have showed you children before you ever knew you was going to get married. And you're like, I understand what, but Why? Or you, you have a desire, you had some desire for uh, a certain type of mate, and it, maybe it wasn't that, that mate wasn't in the area that you were in. But you, so why do I have this desire? But I don't, how's that gonna work out? Yeah, Those of us that are single, no, I ain't leaving you out. Because God showed you things about you, but it didn't fit in your life then. So we, are the, we have a what? But I don't understand why, God. And see, a lot of times, people will tell you if your why is big enough, you can do anything. But God gives you a what, and you work on your why. See, that's because, see, the thing has to, see, to be honest, I'll tell you what the why is for all of us. Because he said it. That's the real why for all of us. This ain't in my notes. It was just some things that the Lord just kind of just rolling over. I, we get that what, but we, we kind of slow a little up sometimes on the why. God, why me? God called you to do something. It don't seem like you fit. Like, like it, ain't, it just ain't unfolding right. Seem like, God, I mean, Lord, I, no offense, Father, but I, I believe somebody else is better qualified for this. I believe there's another person that you might want to choose. It's all because we don't understand the Why? We're wrestling with the what because we got that, but the why is just, ah, it's not clear to me. Struggling with it. After all, you, you, I mean, you won't go back to school. Why? Because, see, you can't see that. You can't see, you can't see that door that's right there, and what you're going to need is what you're doing now. Couldn't see that. But if you just step back for a moment and say, he said so. Then it's all clear then. That's what he said. So God, you're going to do something with this. Don't know when. Let, let's get into this today. I want to talk about the proper utilization of kingdom increase. Because first and foremost, I keep telling you, you're going to increase. I'm going to keep speaking it over you. You're going to increase. You're going to increase. You're going to increase. You're going to increase. I refuse to sit here and think that this is it. 
I refuse to sit here and think that this is all that God has for you. I don't care if you don't believe it. I'm speaking to increase over you. The Lord's going to increase you more and more. You and your children. This thing is generational. Things to be done. Lord, why? Why are you going to use me? See? It's easy to make somebody else that, that target. Well, you know, this is who God will use because they're so-and-so. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. The Bible says this. You'll know it, a very familiar passage of Scripture. You'll know the context as well. The Bible says in Genesis 50 and 20, But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people. You know, I wonder, I was thinking about this. Let's, for a moment, the Lord has blessed us with an imagination. Let's imagine a 17-year-old Joseph, who has dreams, who has the what at 17, but not the why. 17 with the what, not the why. So, how does that relate to us? I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, increase. We can look at our situations. We can look at our circumstances. We could all pull up, uh, for those of us that are in financial peace, we could all pull up our, our little budget right now. Yeah. See where we at. You said, Pastor, we, we, we need some more increase. Yes. yes. That's one area we need increase in. Yes. But it ain't the only area. Amen. I believe God wants to increase us, you all. For the work that he is doing in this last day. Your influence. Some of you all, promotion is coming because he needs you to influence some people. The Bible says the people rejoice when the righteous are in charge. Well, I don't want to be. See, you don't understand the what. I mean, you don't understand the why. Let's see if we can go into the text a little bit. Genesis chapter 41, verse 25. I want us to start there. Young Joseph, 17 years old. It's approximately what they're uh, suggesting the age of Joseph was. He's dreaming. He's got a dream in his heart. You know the story. Joseph moves from, well, he didn't willingly relocate. <laughs> Hello, you know. But, you know, I think that's even indicative of some of us. Some of us, God used circumstances to move us. Because we weren't going on our own. You ever stop and think about, for those of us that are not originally from North Carolina, how'd you get here? Sure, you, you, you looked at the map and said, this is it right here. Not. Some of us had a what, but didn't know why. 
and then didn't know where that wire would connect. So Joseph moves via relocation. The, the moving company came to his house. It's just that they was, when they found him, he was just in the pit. You know, so he has to move from the pit, and he ends up in, in you know, you know the story, in the Potiphar's house. Uh, and he, the moving company comes again, and he goes from Potiphar's house to the prison. The what? In, I end up in prison with a what? Now, we have to remember he's 17 when he leaves with a what? So he spends at least 13 years figuring out why. Let's go into our text now. Let's go into our text. Genesis chapter 41, verse 25. I'm jumping into this for the sake of time because I want us to be able to move. The Bible says, and Joseph said unto Pharaoh. So, you know, he's been in prison. Pharaoh don't dream the dreams. Pharaoh had. You know, the dreams. I, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to rehash all of this because I really want to go somewhere. But Pharaoh had a dream that all the wise men and all the magicians could not interpret. Joseph had interpreted a dream, and because of his accuracy, he was remembered. Two years later, but he was remembered. (laughs) So we find ourselves in Genesis 41 with a remembered Joseph standing before Pharaoh. The Bible says, Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. All of a sudden, the what and the why are about to come together. It's been 13 years. The what and the why is about to come together. Now, Joseph still don't know it. Because in this conversation, Joseph has interpreted the dream. So he tells Pharaoh, the dream that you had is really one dream. Because you know the story, Pharaoh's dream was the cattle, he had the fat cattle, and then he got the skinny cattle that ate up the fat cattle. He had the the great uh, uh, stalks of corn, then he had the ones that was blasted by the east wind that devoured the great stalks of corn. So he says the two dreams are really one. Ooh. So he says, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. When it comes to increase, we need to know what is God about to do? What you about to do, Lord? What you about to do? Oh, that's exciting right there. That means God's doing something. And you get to be a part of what is God about to do? Verse 26. So here's Joseph. The seven good kind are seven years and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. Verse 27. The seven thin and ill favored kind that came up after them are seven years and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. 
I'm going to say something here. I'm going to take my time today, you all. I, I really am. Um, the late David Wilkerson used to say something, and it really intrigued me. He would say, the prophet said. The prophet said this, the prophet said that. But the people he was talking about, I don't know if we would call them prophets. Because he would talk about the financial experts as prophets. But if you look back in the day that, like in the Old Testament, these are, when he says the magicians, the wise men, these are the kind of people he was talking about. So what, what are you saying? What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh, not the saints. Unto Pharaoh. He showed Pharaoh the what, but he didn't know why. You're going to have to get one of the saints to know why. Let, let, let me see if I could do this then. Let me, let me see. I, knowing what's coming is not the same as knowing how to handle what's coming. See, folks, for instance, people can tell you tornadoes are coming. It's a tornado warning. It's going to be fires. It's going to be inclement weather. Well, how do you handle it? Which direction? Where is it going? Where exactly is it going to happen at? What if somebody, there's over 28,000 people there reporting now that died in Syria. What if one of the saints could have said, listen, not just is the earthquake coming, this is where it's going to hit it. See, knowing what's coming is one thing. Knowing how to handle what's coming is another. Pharaoh knew what was coming. But he needed one of the saints. He said, how you handle this? See, I'm, increase, increase, increase. I'm telling you, increase. So, this is the thing which I've spoken. Verse 28, unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. I believe God is still showing what he is about to do. Verse 29. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. So now Joseph is just recounting the dream, but he's adding some flavor. And he says, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt and the famine shall consume the land. So he's explaining in detail what the dream meant. Now, remember, it's already been revealed or shown to Pharaoh, but he just didn't understand it. Now, verse 31, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. Now, let's, let's just go on slow. What was coming was clearly declared beforehand. Can we all agree on that? So it wasn't just the mysterious dream anymore. He brings detail to what's coming. It's going to be a famine. It's going to be. He starts to say, OK, if you look, I don't know if you caught this. He gave him how long? This is what it's going to be. It's going to be seven years of good. Then it's going to be seven years of, uh, uh, of, of famine. And it's going, then he said it's going to be so bad 
the seven years of famine is going to wipe out the memory of the good years. So it's all declared beforehand. Ooh. So what was coming was clearly, clearly declared beforehand. Verse 32. And for, the, and for that, the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God. And God will shortly bring it to pass. So the two things that were really one was to denote that the thing was securely determined or fixed by God. That's what established me. In other words, Pharaoh, this is securely determined by God. This is going to happen. This is fixed by God. It's going to happen. It's going down. And the reason he showed it to you twice is so you would know that, that this is him. So let me speak to you for a moment. Um, let me speak to you from a text. Second Corinthians 13 and 1. The Apostle Paul declares, this is the third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. If you keep hearing something two or three times, stop. God's trying to tell you something. Oh, I just keep, I dream the same dream again. And? And? He's establishing something. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. That one was free. Verse 33, go back. Because, see, sometimes things like this happen and we don't understand. This is God speaking to you. I don't, I, I, what else? What, okay, let's first, he's establishing something. Yes. Now let's find out what he's established. Yes. Verse 33. Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man dis discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years and let them gather all the food of those food years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Mm. Verse 36. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh. And in the eyes of all his servants. So let's for a moment. God showed him what was coming and how to handle it when it came. Can we all agree on that? See if we can agree on this. Joseph never had to promote himself. His promote. Why? See, see, I. Okay, okay, slow down, slow down. He never had to promote himself. His promotion was part of the increase. God's got you. God's got you. It's just a matter he's going to position you where you can solve what can't nobody else solve. You will better do what can't nobody else do. See, don't get it twisted. You ain't got to push your way into the room. He go open the door. Oh, Pastor, how can you say that? Because God opens doors and no man can shut. So I ain't got to push my way in there. Oh, I'm sorry. I never gave you the first point, did I? 
Mm. Kingdom increase is tied to purpose. I got a purpose for this. I ain't, they ain't just willy nilly. This is a purpose. I may not always see it. It's a purpose. I'm not just speaking over you increase because, ooh, that sounds good. It'll tickle your ears. It'll make people want to, ooh, we got to get increase. No, 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 no. There's a purpose. Kingdom increase has a purpose. We think sometimes that God is moved by our pain. He's really moved by his purpose. Bible says Jesus suffered. So God wasn't moved by his pain, but his purpose. Son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. That's purpose. You're going to sit up and act like Calvary didn't hurt. It wasn't his pain that moved God. It was his purpose. Not saying it don't hurt when we go through something, but that, you know what? That ain't the issue. What's the purpose? What's the purpose? Kingdom increase is tied to purpose. So here's Joseph. Has the what? Carries it for 13 years. No why. Falls up in the room with Pharaoh. Over 13 years, now all of a sudden, I know why. And he didn't promote himself. Because kingdom increase is tied to purpose. Number two, not only is kingdom increase tied to purpose, listen to this. Kingdom increase, listen to this. Oh my goodness, I want to make sure you understand what I'm saying. Kingdom increase is time sensitive. If you're writing this down, I want you to write kingdom increase is time sensitive. And then right after time, I want you to put in some brackets. Kairos. Because we think chronos. The difference between kairos and chronos is chronos is what we do. We become like the prophet Habakkuk. How long, Lord? I've been going through this thing a while. How long, Lord? Cairo says, it's already a set time for you to come out of this. Before you went in, it was a set time to come out of it. See, there's a difference between, so I want to make sure before, I just can't run and say time sensitive because we're going to default the chronos. I don't want us to default the chronos. I want us to understand Kairos. Because 13 years was Kairos. The Bible says that when Joseph was in the prison, he told, I believe it was the baker, he said, listen, I ain't do nothing wrong. I'm paraphrasing. He said, remember me when you get out of here. You know the man forgot him two more years. In other words, Joseph was starting to go like, hello? But it was just Kronos, it wasn't Kairos. So one day, I want you to imagine this. One day, Joseph is in the prison doing what he always do. The day doesn't look any different than any other day. Until somebody knock on the cell and say, man, get out of here. Pharaoh want to see you now. What? Because it was Kairos. 
What I'm telling on you, telling you is somebody's going to knock on your door. You need to get up out of here. You got to be shaved and cleaned up because you need to go appear for your Kairos meeting. Because God knows what time he wants us to show up. Even when other folk forget about us, they're going to remember us when they need to. Oh, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Kingdom increase is time sensitive. Verse 46, the Bible says, and Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh. 13 years. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. So approximately 13 years from his first dream. I knew what, but not why. For 13 years. But you, can, I, can I just be honest with you? When you find out the why and connect it with the what, you don't care how long it was. Joseph ain't going like, man, all in 13 years. Dude, you got a gold chain around your neck. Do you, you got servants now and you used to be a slave. You got a wife. So maybe that's what Paul means when he says forgetting those things that are behind us. Forget about what you don't went through to get here. Nobody care. That was part of your process. I'm here now. Candace, are we going to keep talking about how hard each exam was? Really? Really? You here now? So approximately 13 years after his first dream, look at verse 47. And in the seven plenteous years, so now here we go. Now we're stepping into what he said was coming. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. I think New Living Translation says a bountiful crop. Mm -hmm. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities, the food of the field, which was around about every city, laid he up in the same. I want to say something to you. There was a specific window of opportunity to act within. This is why procrastination is so dangerous. If that is a habit in your life, you want to deal with that. And I understand we all have some degrees of procrastination because we typically procrastinate with things that we don't really want to do anyway. I get it. But I want you to understand something. Remember, you got seven years when this is going to be good. And there's seven coming that you ain't going to remember the good. So there's a specific window of opportunity to act in. Even though God's giving the increase, there's a specific window. Boy, I'm preaching. There's a specific window of, of opportunity to act activate what you're supposed to be doing. What if Joseph would have said, whoa, you know, this is, only, this is only year four. I got three more. You see what I'm saying? He didn't procrastinate. He moved. Verse 49, the Bible says, and Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea, very much 
until he left numbering, for it was without number. I want to see if y'all see this too. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. Not only was there a specific time for him to act, Joseph didn't delegate it to his accountant. Did you get it? Because it said Joseph gathered. He left numbering. Joseph took this personally. Oh, I'm involved in this. No, no, no. I ain't delegating this. I ain't giving to somebody else that don't understand the importance of what God said. I ain't playing with this thing. Well, you know, after all, Joseph, you, you, you know, you got it going on now. You the second man in charge. You got the second best looking chariot in Egypt. You could hire the finest accounting firm. Just let somebody else do this. He said, oh, no, not here. You don't understand. I know what God said because I know what he said. I am going to be personally involved in all of this. I got this. See, I don't, I've been counting so much I can't even count no more. He said, it, for it was without number, too much. But it wasn't because I wasn't there. Let, let me tell you what I'm saying in case you're missing it. Because, see, some of us, the magnitude of the increase that God wants to do, we're going to think that we need somebody else to oversee it. I'm, I'm being very personal and very real with you. Uh, like, like Jesus says, I'm telling you these things before they come to pass. So when they come to pass, you will believe. So we think that what we need to do is hire such and such firm to do this. No, God didn't speak to the firm. He spoke to you. You better be careful. So I'm going to show you something in a minute. I'm going to show you something in a minute. You're already in the midst of the story. So. Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering for it was without number. So Joseph was diligent about handling the increase that God had put him over. I'll say it again. Joseph was diligent. I'll just let somebody else oversee this. How many athletes have you seen who go broke because they put somebody else over their money? They're walking around trying to make Tide commercials because they can't do nothing else. Just need some money now. And went through millions. Came from nothing and went through millions. Because they put somebody else over their money. And you can't look at it like, well, I can't believe they stole their money. No, I can't believe you gave them the access to steal your money. You come from nothing and you, give, you just look at them and go like, well, I guess you can handle this better than I can. No, you can't. I know what it's like to be hungry. You don't. I want this real bad. I, I, I know you need some Bible for that. I understand. I respect that. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herd. You are responsible. I used to look at the, you know, they don't, the movies ain't so much like they used to, but the older movies, they would show wealthy people who had their accountant that would ride around with them and they say, write the check. I'm like, I don't need that person. Right. Come on, sir. 
That's one job that will not. I don't need that. I'm good at I got it. You will not be employed with me. I'm sorry. It ain't because I'm like, how much money do you have to have when you give somebody else your checkbook and tell them to oversee your finances and write the check? You that busy? You ain't been broke enough. I'm just saying, okay. He says, be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. Why? Why should we be diligent? Why should we look to know the state of our flocks? Go to verse 24. For riches are not forever. And doth the crown endure to every generation. Listen, you, you can mess around and your kids don't get what you thought they was going to get. I want to leave that alone. I, I, I believe the point has been made. Verse 53. And the seven years of plenteousness that was in the land of Egypt were ended. So now we don't went through the seven years of plenty. We, we bountiful crop. We rolling. It is absolutely on. So much stuff we can't number it. Now the Bible says verse 54. And the seven years of dearth began to come. According as Joseph had said. And the dearth was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. So food was in Egypt because somebody listened when times were good. Let's just say it again. Food was in Egypt because somebody listened when times were good. Verse 55. We still talking about kingdom increase. It's time sensitive. Verse 55. And when all of the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, y'all go see Joseph. And whatever he said to do, you do it. Let's talk. Like I said, we ain't going nowhere and we ain't in no rush. Super Bowl don't come on to this evening, so y'all are good. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk. Let, let, let's, let's, uh, let's have a real conversation. Seven years of plenty. Bountiful crop. I mean, it's stuff growing out the, out the concrete. It's just growing. It's bountiful. It's just happening everywhere. It's just bountiful. The Bible says that Joseph had to stop counting it was so much. It's bountiful. I want us to get this whole pitch. It's bountiful in all of Egypt. So why are the people crying to Pharaoh? Help me, saints. You mean to tell me that people can hear what's coming and still not prepare? Far be it from the truth that that would happen. You mean to tell me. Okay, let, let me refresh your memory. The Bible said it was good in the ears of Pharaoh and his servants. But now them jokers broke. Ain't got no food. Partying when it was good. Hanging out. 
Everything looking wonderful. Joseph's still counting corn. Other folks, yeah, ooh, yeah. Oh, you wouldn't believe what crop I had. But now I'm sitting there seven years of dearth. It's famine time now. So somewhere between their time, their good times, and this time that we're in right here in the scripture, everything gone. It's so bad, they went straight to Pharaoh. And what I don't understand, and this is what I want you to help me to understand. Why didn't they prepare? Why did Pharaoh listen, but they didn't? I don't get this. I don't get because they in the midst. See, you can't say, well, they didn't believe it because they went through the seven years when it was prosperous, just like he said it would be. So they were experiencing the seven years of prosperity. It was wonderful. I mean, you could just throw seed over your shoulder and stuff growing. It was great. How is it that we can hear what God is saying and not prepare? Because you know what's deceptive? The good times. I believe if it had been a bad time, people would have been more apt to listen. But the thing was, it was a good time. Oh, everything looked wonderful. Don't look like it can ever get as bad as what he said. I'm preaching to somebody. I just want to know, why didn't the people prepare? See, Kairos, uh, kingdom increase is time sensitive. He had a seven-year window. Nothing but increase. But it ain't always be like that. You know people get, well, uh, don't matter. I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Okay. I want you to look at, now, now this third point, I'm going to do this one. And this may be offensive to some people. But we're going to go do it from the scripture. Not my opinion. Because I think you're going to see some things that you may not have never seen in this story. And the Bible says these things were written for our example. The Bible says man don't work, he don't eat. Now that's for the folks that can't, you know, they, 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 I know some folks that can't work. Them, them the ones we're supposed to help. <laughs> the ones that, well, hunger is a great motivator. Remember late, y'all forgive me for this, but I just remember this. Late Richard Pryor used to say the Miss Mill cramps. That's what he called it. Miss Mill cramps. Folks, ain't that, that's what I said. Some people ain't not, they don't know what Miss Mill cramps are. Hunger is a wonderful motivator. Number one. We said what? Kingdom increase is tied to purpose. Number two, kingdom increase is time sensitive. Number three, kingdom increase should benefit others. 
But now I'm saying that, and I'm saying it beforehand, but now stick with me through this. Stick with me. I think you're going to see some things. Genesis chapter 47, verse 13. New Living Translation, Genesis 47 and 13. You still with me? Meanwhile, the famine became so severe that all the food was used up. Now, this ain't, this, this ain't the last year of it, but it's so bad in the midst of it that all the food is used up. And the Bible says, and people were starving throughout the lands of Egypt and Canaan. So now, let's stop and understand what we're saying or what, what's being said to us from the text. So after seven prosperous years, People are now starving. I don't know how else to say that. After seven prosperous years, people are starving. The question in my mind, once again, is why are people starving after the good times? Especially when they knew. Oh, y'all preaching now. See that? Y'all preaching this thing. So, verse 14, by selling grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan, and he put the money in Pharaoh's treasury. Oh, see, I don't know if saints read this part of the Bible. So, to the people who didn't prepare, Joseph sold them stuff. Um... Well, you know, we don't. Uh, uh, how much you got? Right. Joseph sold it to him, not gave. Right. You, you could, you, you could have prepared. You, you knew what I said. Now, 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 before you hate on Joseph, because there's no. When you read the scriptures about Joseph, there's nothing in the scripture about Joseph ever doing anything wrong. So we're not trying to put a light on Joseph like he did something wrong because when he sold it, the Bible says, by selling grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan. And what did he do with it? Put it in his pocket, right? No. Put the money in Pharaoh's treasury. Joseph said, this ain't about me. I'm just doing what I was appointed to do. If y'all would have done what y'all was appointed to do, we wouldn't have this conversation. But you hungry? You got money? I got grain. So, after seven prosperous years, just making sure we're getting this. Go to verse 15. When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money. Oh, it's on now. All the Egyptians came to Joseph. Now, now, now watch this conversation. Joseph is just a regular day for Joseph. But they came to him. Our money is is gone, they cried. But please give us food or we will die before your very eyes. So a nation of people literally ran out of money and were begging. So I believe God's speaking to us, you all. You don't want to miss the Issachar Conference. Telling you we're going to share some things in there that I don't have time to get into here. March 17th and 18th. You don't want to miss that. Put it on your calendar. 
a nation of people literally ran out of money and were begging. People didn't believe that the whole world could shut down. Until. Until. I'm going to tell you some things that's coming that's going to blow your mind in that conference. Verse 16. Joseph replied, since your money is gone, you out of money. Y'all ain't got no money. Ain't, ain't no silver, ain't no gold. You know, you know how we do. Ain't, ain't, no, more, ain't no more money. Ain't got no money. Do you realize he collected all the money in a nation? Do you realize it? I mean, I don't want us to read past and understand what's happening. This is how bad it was. Everybody brought every bit of money they could to buy food because all of them jokers didn't prepare. You know what they said? I got enough money. So, verse 16, Joseph replied, since your money is gone, bring me your livestock. I give you food in exchange for your livestock. Verse 17. So they brought their livestock to Joseph in exchange for food, in exchange for their horses, flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and donkeys. Joseph provided them with food for another year. Now, just for a moment, you have to understand their cattle, their donkeys, their sheep, all of that. They can't pay to get the stuff that they need to feed them. So it's going to be more money needed just to feed the cattle and stuff that they have. So they said, forget that. We ain't got no money anyway. Here, we'll exchange this. Now, now, but wait a minute. Joseph used his insight on increase as a tool for exchange. Joseph was a bad boy. Remember, we talked, he only roughly 35, 37, you know. He's a bad boy. I'm sorry. I didn't see where he went to the school of economics. He just understood what God said. So, wait till y'all, wait till we get to the end of this, y'all. Wait till we get to the end of this. I'm telling you. So, Joseph uses insight on increase. It's it's the exchange. He says, now, y'all got a problem. Y'all ain't got no money. But you got cattle and all of that. I'll tell you what. This is what we'll do. You give me all of that. So let's, let's, let's take an inventory. The people have food for a year. Joseph has all the money and all the livestock. Do we see anything happening here? Ain't that something? When it starts to dawn, it's like, whoa. Verse 18. But that year ended. And the next year they came again and said, we cannot hide the truth from you, my Lord. Our money is gone and all our livestock and cattle are yours. We have nothing left to give but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your very eyes? Buy us and our land in exchange for food. We offer our land and ourselves as slaves for Pharaoh. Just give us grain so we may live and not die, and so the land does not become empty and desolate. Whose suggestion was this? Wasn't Joseph? Joseph minded his business. Y'all want to do what? 
Verse 20. So Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. All the Egyptians sold him their fields because the famine was so severe. And soon all the land belonged to Pharaoh. So these people lost everything other than their lives because they were too consumed in the prosperity of the moment to consider what was coming. They lost everything other than their lives. And they're standing in front of Joseph saying, buy us and our land just so we can have something to eat. I want you to think of what level of people these were. So all of the hierarchies or the statuses that we see in any given society are represented in Egypt. These weren't just, I'm going to toss something out to you that most of us don't realize when we read this story. So first off, they hungry. They straight up hungry. They come, it would seem that the masses had a conversation and said, we going, I, I, I'm going to just go sell myself. My land do. You can have everything. I got to eat. And it's like that word got around and everybody said, that sounds good to me. And they all came with that same attitude. Now, the Bible says in Job 2 and 4, skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. So they had a position where they gave him everything they got so that they could live. That's what their motivation is. I'm saying this for a reason. Verse 21. As for the people, he made them all slaves from one end of Egypt to the other. Listen to this. There are no Israelites there now. The people went from the different status quos that they had to becoming sharecroppers. That's what it means when he said he made them all slaves. They weren't slaves like you see in America when you talk about the black slaves. No, no, no. no. They became sharecroppers. From whatever status they had, from whatever servants they may have been to Pharaoh, whatever, they now have become sharecroppers. They own absolutely nothing. Do you see this? Do you? Do you, see a, do, you, do you see a transitioning of wealth? Let me not get in ahead of, ahead of myself. So verse 20, look at verse 23. Then Joseph said to the people, look, today I have bought you and your land for Pharaoh. I will provide you with seed so you can plant the fields. Then when you harvest it, one fifth of your crop will belong to Pharaoh. You may keep the remaining four fifths as seed for your fields and as food for you your households, and your little ones. You have saved our lives, they exclaimed. May it please you, my Lord, to let us be Pharaoh's servants. Folk get hungry enough? You have saved my life. Take my Rolls Royce. It's no problem. <laughs> Folk get hungry enough. So, these, let, let's, let's recap something right quick. These were Egyptian citizens that became sharecroppers Subject to a 20% tax. So I don't care what you were before. 
Now you don't own anything and the land you own belongs to Pharaoh and you give him 20% of whatever it produces. This was the deal that Joseph made with him. Oh my goodness. We, we, and we, we, we finish it. We finish it. So, God used a man who understand how to use increase to restructure the economy of a nation. But you know what? What's he going to do with you? Joseph, come on, let's go back. Now, Joseph was 17 with a what? 17. Didn't go to uh, uh, the great school of economics. Just had a God said. So God used a man who understood how to use increase to restructure the economy of a nation. Watch this. But now we find the why. So that people would not die of starvation. Because every time you look at this, the people were at the brink of starvation. Had it not been for what Joseph had learned, they would have died of starvation. I know we need a little text, so let me bring you back to around to how we started. About Genesis 50 and 20. Since you knew what the scripture was, but now you understand why. Because the Bible says, but as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Here's the why. To save much people alive. Even in this, this was God's mercy intervening on the behalf of Egypt. Because without him, they'd all die. A whole nation would have died. So what does God want to do with you with increase? Just because you don't know the why yet. I'm telling you to what? God wants to increase you. He wants to increase you more and more, you and your children. Maybe you don't know the specific why, but Joseph didn't either. Can you keep going until you find out why? Can you keep doing what he said do until you find out why? Can you endure some pits, some potiphers, till you finally make it out of the prison to the palace? Can you hold on long enough for God to show you why? Most of us get so discouraged because we only have what and not why. Joseph didn't have it either for 13, let's just be honest, miserable years. 13 years that were not looking real good at all. Marcus, can you hang on long enough to know why? See, you know what, but do you know why? Why you, Marcus? See, we ask the question, but we ask it wrong. We say, why me, Lord? And we say it with almost a contempt. Why this happened to me, God? Instead of, Lord, why me? What do you want to do with me? What do you really want to do with me that I don't even see yet? Are you about to change the medical profession, Marcus? Are you about to really change the medical profession? 
But you got to wait to see why. Somebody said, I've never seen it like this before. Because you got to wait to see why. We want to abort it on what? God's still working out some things. He, he, he's, he's, he's got a Kairos moment. Kairos moment when they open the door and say, come on out. We got something for you to do now. Got something I want to do with you. No, it's a whole lot of folks in that same cell, but you the one I want. It's your Kairos moment. I know you've been sending letters out and signaling everybody. That, I'm still here. I'm still here. No, no, that wasn't the way we we're going to do this. God knows exactly where you are. Knows exactly what moment he's coming to get you. When you look at the text, the Bible says they shaved him, changed his clothes. When you look, the text lets you know this was a sudden move. This wasn't no like, well, you got two weeks to get ready. No. Kairos moment happened and you got to go. You got to go now. We ain't got time. Well, let me, let me get ready, Lord. Let me get. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. You are ready for your Kairos moment. When the moment happens, you are ready. See, increase is, this is what God wants to do. He just wants to do it with us. I'm just trying to be willing and obedient because when you are, you'll eat the good of the land. So what does God have for you? It's beyond what you can even imagine now. What you can even see now. You grappling with the little bitty things. You know, I wanted to think about this. Just being out, because I was just thinking about Joseph. Imagine the stuff that Joseph ate in prison. What kind of meals did he have? I mean, you know, prison meals. But look at the kind of meals that he gave his brothers when they showed up. He gave, he gave Benjamin five portions. This is stuff he just said in the midst of a famine. See, because this is something we don't understand. Notice Joseph was never skimming off the top. He didn't have to. Increase had already made a way for him. Joseph living large. He living so large, his first child is Manasseh. I've forgotten the toilet I've had. I forgot all of that misery, all that stuff. I was going. We live in large now. Your name Manasseh. Things are going real good. Then he said, "His next child, Ephraim, fruitful. Are we fruitful? It is happening up in here." How did this guy go from prison to being able to name his children stuff like that? He connected his what with his why. See, when that happens, all this stuff is forgotten. Don't matter. The agony, the pain. When they, oh my goodness. I, that's why I say the increase, it is so important. And I don't, that's why the struggle for me was sharing these kinds of messages and people only reflecting on money. This is so much bigger. Because what God wants to increase you to do is kingdom work in the earth. But here's the thing about doing kingdom work in the earth. When God moves you to a place of increase, 
Joseph didn't have to skim off the top because he had the second best chariot in Egypt. Matter of fact, nothing went down unless he knew about it. When you got all of that, what else you need? And do you know all of that came because his what and his why connected? So what happens when your what and your why connect? You ain't got to skim. You ain't got to hook and crook to get over. God's got this. You don't even look like where you came from. He came out of prison. And you know what? I mean, I know people talk. And I imagine, I mean, just give me a little liberty here. I imagine some folks said, yeah, he came from prison until they got hungry. Folk weren't talking about prison then. He got all your stuff because you didn't listen. Saints, let me share with you and I'm going to close. I believe this is the time to listen. Because what I saw in this was, if you don't listen, and I know people say, well, God going to take care of me. He is, but what you going to lose? What you going to lose because all they were left with was their lives. Think how hard that these people may have worked all their life to get wherever they were. And it came down to all they had was their life. And I'm saying it don't have to be that way. We can listen to what God is saying, obey him, and he will indeed provide for us. Got to follow instructions. It seems one of the things that is so dangerous now is we're so fragmented and individual in how we're trying to handle life. But you know God's still dealing with his body. It's his body. And he's doing things with his body. So I'm trying to make sure every joint supplier, so I'm trying to make sure I'm not disjointed. I'm staying connected. Bible says a faithful man shall abound with blessings. How faithful are we? How faithful are we to the things of God? People are faithful to their things. Amen. I'm talking about the things of God. Listen, I am finished. Kingdom increase has a purpose. I believe it's a tremendous blessing to be able to hear and receive from the word of God. I want to take an opportunity also to challenge you as you move further in not just hearing, but obeying the word of God. The Bible speaks in Romans of the fact that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. However, it doesn't stop there. It also lets us know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And then it leads us further to let us know that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. I want to give you an opportunity to meet the Savior today. An opportunity to meet Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the one who died for our sins, who was buried, and who was raised again from the dead. Today, you can know him personally. I want you to take this opportunity to pray with me. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Lord Jesus, 
I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I know that you are the son of the living God. And I believe that you gave your life for me. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. And I thank you now for saving me. Amen and amen. Listen, if you've prayed that prayer, you've just accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You are now part of the family of God. Your life has been changed forever. I want to encourage you now to be a part of a Bible-believing church. Somewhere where you can be fed the Word of God. The Bible says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's important that you're hearing from God. It's important that you're growing in God's grace. I want to encourage you. Find a place that you can connect with other like-minded believers and grow in the things of God. It will make all the difference in your new life as you live as unto the Lord. Also want to encourage those that may be watching now and maybe you're already saved. Maybe you're already part of a, a, a church and you're just wanting to find somewhere where you can continue to grow in the things of God and add or supplement your faith. Thank you for taking this opportunity and allowing us to be a part of that supplement. Also, I want to say this. Some of you all may be watching and you say, well, how can I give to that ministry? How can I sow into that ministry? Well, listen, I want to encourage you to take the opportunity. We have an app that you can actually uh, download to your phone and you can give to this ministry at any time that you want to. Or feel free to go to our website. You can go to our website and on our website, you will find uh, an opportunity to donate. There's a donate button. Click on that button and it will further direct you into being able to give into this ministry. Listen, I believe that giving is a gain and not a loss. Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. The Bible lets us know that he increases the fruits of our righteousness. When we give, the Bible lets us know that he causes us to increase. He increases the fruits of our righteousness. It's all because God has allowed us to partake in the work that he is doing in the earth. And that is giving. That is giving of his son unto us. So when we give, we have an opportunity to imitate what God has been doing for us all along. Because it wasn't that we deserved it. It was that God was so good that he was giving his own son on our behalf. I pray that the message has been a blessing to you. And I encourage you to come out, be a part of what we're doing. We're located at 740 North Main Street here in High Point, North Carolina. Feel free to join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. or every Wednesday evening at 7.20 p.m. God bless you and thank you again for being with us. God bless.